0: Well, we are in John, and we are at Jesus' claim of, where he says, I am the good shepherd. So we've been in the summer talking about the claims of Jesus, and uh, this week we're doing the good shepherd. And uh, there's a few jobs that I know of that uh, seem like idyllic jobs. They just seem like really, when I think about them, I just get happy inside. And shepherding is one of those jobs. When I think about shepherding, I just get warm fuzzies inside. I think about someone strumming on the harp prong, and singing to his sheep. I picture, you know, like heroically fighting the lion and killing it. I picture, you know, sitting in the cool grass with the blade of grass sticking out of my mouth. And it's just like this beautiful, wonderful thing, you know. It's kind of the same nostalgia I feel about cowboys and cattle drives. And I picture it just, oh, yeah, that's the lion. And since I was talking about being the good, Jesus is the good shepherd, I thought I should do some research and not just have nostalgic, happy, idyllic feelings. But so I took my kids and we went to the farm. We went to the ladies' farm because they have sheep. And that's the farm. Now, look at this picture. Does this not make you feel this warm inside? It was pretty idyllic. Like, we got there. It was a warm summer evening. Like, there's baby animals. The kids are petting, like, little chicks holding baby goats, there's like quiet mooing in the background. It's just, it was like so idyllic. Yeah, yeah. He, he makes some good noises. And as we're standing there and we're holding these baby things, Maddie says to me, she says, we should live on a farm. And it was kind of that moment where I started being like, wait a minute, this is, this is, that would not be good. And then Matt turns around her and he says, well, you have to balance this night, which is the best we've got, with the cold February morning, early in the morning, 4 a.m., when no human should be awake. When it's raining and it's cold and it's dark and things are broken and you're feeling down on the farm. And that's the truth of it. See, shepherding is the same. When I really think about it, I realize... You know, for a real shepherd, they're outside. It's either pouring rain and cold or it's too hot. It's 40 degrees in the shade. And they're, you know, the ground is hard. And if they're sleeping outside, like some of those shepherds in the Bible were, then, you know, the nights would be cold. And the predators that they were facing had real teeth and real sharp claws. And they really wanted to kill them. And this is the battle they faced. This is what it was like. The pay was poor. And your reputation would precede you into the town you were going to, along with your odor, maybe, unless you were a clean shepherd. Why does Jesus choose this image? Why does he pick this and say, he's the shepherd? Why is he choosing this word to describe himself? What does it mean about Jesus? And what does it mean about how we follow him? That's the question this morning. So let's read John chapter 10, Verses 11 to 18, this is what it says. John chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And he goes on to talk more about laying down his life and his authority. So our big idea this morning is that trusting Jesus to lead us as the good shepherd, as Savior, and as Lord is the best decision we could make. Trusting Jesus to lead us as the good shepherd, as a Savior and Lord, is the best decision we could make. Jesus is the good shepherd, When Jesus arrived on the world scene, shepherding was not, it was not like the great occupation. It wasn't the thing children aspire to be. When they're growing up, they're not like, I want to be a shepherd. It just wasn't the deal. And the reason why was because throughout the years through exile and all these different things, the Pharisaic rabbis had really devalued that occupation. They'd really put it down and it began to to lower in esteem. It's kind of like you know, in different points when trades maybe, were like, oh, yeah, the trades. Now it's like, oh, the trades, that's a good, that's a good job, that's a good opportunity. Well, at this point, it was like, nah, shepherding, no, 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 you don't want to do that. And people began to see shepherds kind of like, I was trying to think of something we would connect to, maybe like gypsies, not that you have gypsies here, but gypsies in Europe or wherever, when, when the gypsies would come into town, people would be like, oh, hold on to your valuables, oh, my watch went missing, it must be the gypsies. And that's kind of how they felt about shepherds. It'd be like, shepherds, the shepherds are in town. They're probably stealing things. Watch out for those shepherds. And if you are a good, more, you know, pious person, you wouldn't buy anything from the shepherds. You wouldn't really interact with them or associate with them. They're kind of like down the, down the list of people that you would relate to. So why does Jesus choose shepherd? This is, these, this is how they see shepherds. Why does he choose shepherd? Why does he say this about himself? Well, the reason is, before shepherds were down the list, shepherds were actually really high up on the list. And the reason was because it was a title of honor. Kings or divinities, different people would say this about themselves, that they were a shepherd. Shepherd was like, oh, it was honor. It was an honorific title. And um, Babylonians, Sumerians, Pyramid texts, Homer and Plato, all of them reference the shepherd as being like a, an honorary or a respectful thing. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the patriarchs, they were talked about as their shepherds. And it was a respectful thing. That was like their wealthy shepherds. And um, Moses, David are shepherds. Jacob actually is the first one who ever said about God, he called him shepherd in Genesis. Jacob's the one. Back in the day, shepherds were considered honest and caring, thoughtful people who were going to care for the flock, devoted to duty. Now, In Ezekiel, so there'd been a lot of ups and downs. By the time we get to Ezekiel in the Bible, there's the ups and downs. The people have left God and they've come back and they've left God and come back. And there's been all sorts of ups and downs. And you get to Ezekiel, there's been some bad leadership in the nation. There'd been some leaders who only cared about their own agenda. There were some prophets who only said what they thought everyone wanted to hear. They didn't care about the truth. They they just cared about being well-liked. And so they just said whatever. They had some kings who led people into idolatry, into worshiping other gods. And they had religious leaders who led people astray. And finally, God is fed up. And so in Ezekiel 34, God says, I've had enough of these bad shepherds, he calls them. And he says, I am going to be the shepherd. And this is what he says about being a good shepherd. In Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 to 16. So I didn't put it up. I want you to listen and listen for repeated words. Because there's a bunch of things that get repeated. Ezekiel 34, chapter 11 to 16. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he's with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements of the land. I will tend them in good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel." I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. This is what a good shepherd looks like. This is what God says I'm going to come and do it right. You've seen it done badly. Now I'm going to come and do it right. I'm going to come and be the shepherd that you are waiting for and longing for. You know, we've seen plenty of bad leadership, and that's just the reality. And in this passage, God's promising that he's going to send one to be a good shepherd. Now, what are the? What, if we look at this passage, well, what are the things he's saying make up a good shepherd? What are the qualities of a good shepherd? The first one is, I think that is repeated over and over and over, is to bring the sheep to eat. Now, what is the primary job of a sheep? It is to eat. That's what sheep should do. Matt said he, does, he got rid of his lawnmower for that area. He just gets the sheep and they, they just eat. That's what they do. And they get fat. And what, what's their other job? To be wooly or something? Like, is that a job? Can you even say that? It's really to eat. That's their main job. And God uses lots of eating language. He says, I will pasture them. I will tend them in good pasture. The mountain heights will be their grazing land. They will lie down in good grazing land, and they will feed in rich pasture. These are all repeated expressions of eating. Places where God is leading them to eat. So it's the shepherd's job to get the sheep to grass, and it's the sheep's job to eat. That's a good job. I want that job. The shepherd's gonna get me to, to where the grass is, and it's my job just to eat. Now, Psalm 23 says of the shepherd, You prepare a table before me. It's that same picture. The shepherd is preparing the table. And Jesus makes some promises about, about food that is gonna nourish us, not food for our stomach. Not like, you know, a good meal we're going to eat, but food that will really satisfy us. And this is what he says in John chapter 3, verse 35. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Those powerful promises. This is another, actually, this is another I am passage that we'll get later in the summer. I am the bread of life. Where are we going to eat? Where are we going to get food? Jesus says, come to me. I'm the food. I will nourish you. I will sustain you. I will transform you. The second thing I think that's in this passage about what a good shepherd will do is to bring the sheep to rest. To bring the sheep to rest. God says funny things like, I will lead them to rest, which sounds a bit weird. you like, lead me to rest. Or I will have them lie down. And it reminds me right away of Psalm 23, which is the sheep psalm. But it's from the perspective of a sheep. I don't know if you realize this, but it is. Psalm twenty-three, verses one to three, says this: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul." I don't know you. Some of those things sound a bit weird. Like, "I shall not want." What does that mean? And you know what the truth is? Is that I'm constantly wanting. And wanting destroys my rest. I can't rest if I'm wanting. Oh, I want that, I want that. Just be content, just be But I want that, oh, but I want, I'm, I'm constantly driven by, part of it's our culture is driven in the same consumer way that we want. We're wanting, wanting, we're never satisfied. And we're driven, 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 and it steals our rest. And so when David says, you're my shepherd, I shall not want, he's saying, the good shepherd is gonna bring me to a place of contentment where I can rest in him. The second thing I think is interesting is it says, I'll need to be made to lie down. I'll need to be made to lie down. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's true. I want to go, 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 go. I don't want to stop. I want to go. I got to keep doing. I got to keep doing. I got to keep doing. And I need a good shepherd who's going to make me lie down. Just rest. Just rest. And the resting is a position of trust. If you picture any kind of prey stopping and resting, you don't picture the antelope on the Serengeti lying down, being like, oh, I'm just going to have a rest here in the grass, the long grass where all the lions like to lie here. They don't do that. They're like... Right? That's what you, you... You know, you watch the National Geographic Channel. That's what they look like, right? But this is a picture of rest and bringing brought to rest is a position of trust because you know there's a shepherd who's looking out for you and watching over you. And the third one is that David says, he leads me beside still waters and I'll need to be led and you'll need to be led because when I lead myself, I don't end up at still waters. That's the truth of it. When I lead myself, I end up usually in chaos or in brokenness, or in dark places, or brambles, or thorns. That's where I lead myself. As hard as I try not to end up there, that's usually where I go. God says, as the good shepherd, I will lead you to still waters. And actually, the, the actual translation of those words is um, waters of rest. Still waters is waters of rest, where you'll come and you'll find rest for your soul. He restores my soul. Jesus says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I will give you rest. This is his promise. Jesus is the good shepherd, the one shepherd that God promised. And he's the one who will satisfy us in this all-consuming culture. And he's the one who's going to bring us to rest when everyone is striving and striving and striving. He'll bring us to rest. So my question for you is, is this the kind of shepherd you could follow is this the kind of shepherd you could follow and Jesus rescues us there's a few qualities of sheep that make them kind of lame animals and so also it's just kind of sad that this is our analogy that we're the sheep but um, I was reading a blog by Tim Challies, and he highlights how lame this really is. Like, how, don't you wish we could be like tigers or lions or something when Jesus is talking, but instead we're sheep. And um, sheep have this lame quality. Is that One of them is that they're defenseless. So when predators come around, you, you, you discern like how defenseless is an animal. And if we think about animals and prey, we think about like three responses. So an animal, when it's being attacked, can either fight... Or it can posture. Right? It's posturing. I make myself look big, threatening. I know karate. That's me posturing. And the third one is they can run away, flight. Right? So if we think about this in sheep, so fighting and sheep, we recognize really quickly, sheep don't fight. They don't have that ability. Even deer. If you've looked up, dangerous deer on the web, they can hoof things. They have some power, you know, like they can like watch out for the deer. They don't, they'll surprise you. But the sheep, there's no dangerous sheep thing. Because sheep don't, they're defenseless. They don't have biting teeth. They don't have like poisonous wool even. Like I can think of some good things they could develop, but they don't have any of these things. They just, they're, they don't fight. Secondly, they don't posture. Sheep, there's no, like, hackles on a sheep. Like a skunk can raise its tail. It can look bigger. It can spray things. The sheep, they don't do that. They just kind of circle up, circle up. That's their posture. Circle up, hope for the best. Maybe it won't be me. And the last one is flight, run away. And we all know sheep don't run at all. Oh, yes, they do. This is why I did research. Because blogs, they can fool you. They can say things that aren't true, like that sheep don't run. Well, I went and talked to a shepherd who says, they can run. They can run pretty fast, actually. The problem is, they're stupid runners. They don't run strategically. If I'm running, I'm going to run to outrun these people so the bear will eat those people and I'll be safe. Or I'm going to run to a tree where I can climb up the tree. Or I'm going to run to a house and I can close the door. Sheep they're just running. They're fast, but I don't know if they're smart. And that's the problem, really. Sheep are defenseless. That was our conclusion, regardless of the, the, all the deliberation, is sheep are defenseless. They have no protection. And if we put a sheep out in the wild, other animals will adapt. Other animals will, will get food. Other animals will go find shelter. A sheep, if you put it out in the wild, is just lunch. That's all it is. It's just going to be lunch. It relies on outside protection. And Jesus says that we're like sheep. We are dependent on something else to help us. We have a need that we can't meet ourselves. And this is the problem. Just like sheep, we have a need that we can't meet. My grandpa, who was a really a self-reliant dairy farmer, and he had his beef with God, and he would say, he used to say to me when I was younger, he'd be like, ah, oh, religion's just a crutch for the weak. That was like one of his sayings, he would say. And as I thought about it, you know, it, like that could be true. That may be true. But if you are limping or you can't walk, crutches are actually really helpful. And for me, I've had that happen, where I needed crutches. I couldn't walk. And actually, those crutches helped me to get around. And I didn't see them with disdain. Oh, the crutches. Oh, they are weak. I'd be like, oh, my crutches, thankfully. I can move around on these crutches. The irony was, my grandpa couldn't even see how badly he was limping and how much he needed some help in his weakness. Isaiah says, we're like sheep that wandered off and got lost. I think if we all looked inside and we all took a moment and we pondered and we really looked inside, we'd all recognize that we fail. That as hard as we try, we can't atone for our sin. We can't make everything right with God. We have broken his law. We have failed in so many ways. And these are things we can't fix ourselves. These are places where we are dependent. We have a need. Now, Farmer Matt, or Shepherd Matt, as I'll call him today, said that sheep, he agrees, sheep can't help themselves. They are a herd, but in this herd of sheep, they will not help themselves. They will help themselves get into more trouble. They will follow the one sheep into trouble. They're not helping each other in a way that's making this all better. So in that way, the sheep herd is like very vulnerable. They need a savior, they need a shepherd. Good shepherd quality, number one we could refer to would be search and rescue. God uses these words all the time. Search, rescue, bring out, bring back, um, bring into, to gather. And then Jesus talks about this picture of a shepherd and the, father, the heart of God to be a shepherd. And this is what he says in Luke chapter 15. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. See, this is a story. The story of Jesus is a story about God who came to find us when we were helpless and lost. He offended the religious, Jesus did, searching for strays and bringing in all the different sheep, white sheep, black sheep, mottled sheep, striped sheep, all the different sheep, wooly sheep, naked sheep, bringing them in, gathering them to himself. What a crew they were. Reaching out to the wounded and the brokenhearted and taking the injured and healing them, restoring them. He was the good shepherd. And then... Jesus willingly gave up his life for us, for them. He went to the cross dying to rescue us so that we could be saved. Isaiah 53, 4-6 says this, Surely, in talking about Jesus, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. And then there's that verse, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus said, I'm going to rescue you by taking all of your garbage and putting it on myself. Now, Matt told us about coyotes, too. And uh, he's trapped some coyotes in his time. And he told me a story. I hope it's okay I'm telling the story. Every, it was all, he never said anything it was off the record, so. There was one particular time where Matt said coyotes can be very, when they get, get in a trap, they get really quiet because because they know they're caught so they don't want to attract attention to themselves. So one particular night, he got a phone call from his neighbors. His neighbors said, Matt, something's going on on your farm. You need to come over here. So he went over, and there was a very loud coyote caught in a trap. And he went over there, and it wasn't just one neighbor. It was the entire neighborhood that came out because they weren't sure what's going on. They all have their flashlights, and they're all there gathered. What is going on on the farm? Matt, reassure us what's happening. So... Matt talked to them all. He explained, this is a coyote. And then he killed the coyote in front of his neighbors. Now, Matt is not a killer. If you know Matt, he's not a killer by personality. He's like the most loving guy. But Matt is a shepherd. And a shepherd will do what's necessary to protect his sheep. And when he stood in front of those neighbors, he probably said something like that. This is his farm. These are his sheep. and He's protecting his sheep. And Jesus came as the good shepherd and he reached into the jaws of death and he opened them because that's where you and I were before Jesus found us. We were caught in the jaws of death, imprisoned by sin and shame and guilt, crushed in this vice. Death had us and Jesus pried loose, took us out, rescued us, and gave his own life in our place. Colossians 1.13-14 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So what are we rescued from? What are we rescued from? We're rescued from, from death, from sin, from the eternal consequence of sin, separation from God. We're rescued from fear. From insecurity, from addiction, and from loneliness, and from apathy. Jesus says, I will bring you into a full and abundant life if you'll come with me, if you'll follow me. If you'll you'll surrender to me. So again, the question is, is this the kind of shepherd you could follow? Is this the kind of shepherd you could follow? And Jesus knows us. A second sheep quality, lame sheep quality, let me qualify that, lame sheep quality, is that sheep are dumb. Sheep are dumb. So when Jesus calls us sheep, I don't know that he's giving us a compliment. I don't know if we're like, oh, great sheep. No, I don't know if that's a compliment. There was a news article that went something like this. It's a real news article. Hundreds of sheep following, followed their leader off a cliff in eastern Turkey, plunging to their deaths this week while shepherds looked on in dismay. 400 sheep fell 15 meters to their deaths in a ravine in Van province near Iran, but broke the fall of another 1,100 sheep who survived. Shepherds from a nearby village neglected the flock while eating breakfast, leaving the sheep to roam free. The loss to local farmers was estimated at $74,000. You know, when you say something is dumb, it just sounds mean, doesn't it? Doesn't that word just sound mean? Even if you're talking about animals, you'd be like, oh, dumb sheep. You'd be like, oh no, that's so mean. You know what? When Matt says sheep are dumb, there's no meanness in it. It's just a fact. He's just saying it as a fact. He even says, like, I'd rather be almost any farm animal but the sheep. Those sheep. Man. You know, they don't know how to protect themselves. They don't know how to survive. They don't know how to find shelter. They don't even know how to get free. He told us this story about. Leaving the, the electric fence down for days. The sheep didn't even notice. We were there for about 30 seconds as he took this thing down so we could get in there, and the horses already went out. They were like watching. They knew right away. The sheep, days, it could go days. They don't even know how to get free. But you know one thing sheep do know? They know their shepherd. They know their shepherd. Yay! They know their shepherd. John 10, verse 33 to 5 says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for them and the sheep listen to his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Actually, I have a video, don't I? I was going to show you sheep recognizing their shepherd. Let's watch now. Come on, guys. Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> uh oh. I was gonna bring in a real sheep, but this is almost as good. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. This is Jesus talking right before our passage, 10, 3 to 5. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. We saw this we were standing there and as soon as we went into the pen the sheep go away from us and we could call the sheep hey sheep come on sheep sheep and they're like me yeah right matt starts actually he doesn't call them by name he bleats too and he shakes his bucket and right away they were like oh that's our shepherd food whoa okay and they they were trotting after him we saw him hold one of his sheep that has a name annie annie the sheep gave us high twos Sheep don't give high fives. They don't have five fingers. They just give twos. So Annie was doing that. Like, I saw sheep that knew their shepherd, that trusted him while he picked them up and gave high twos with their arms. She just sat there. She was totally fine. They know his voice. And Jesus says we can learn to recognize his voice like that, where we would know it and recognize it right away. Oh, that's Jesus. And we believe, you know what, here we believe that learning how to hear God's voice is critical to how we follow him, that he's constantly speaking to us and we're learning how to respond and obey and do what he's calling us to do. One of the things we're doing to help us grow and learn in that is we're going to have a hearing God workshop because we think it'd be good to learn together because this isn't something just everyone knows right out of the gate, that there's a process to learning it. So, September 23rd and 24th, Friday evening, and part of Saturday, we're going to learn together. And so, um, if you're available and you'd like to join us for that, it's kind of dark on there, but September 23rd and 24th, and I'll be putting out um, some stuff about that soon. We think it's important. But you know what? If it depended on me, if, if all of this depended on me, me learning to hear his voice well enough so that I, I could know exactly what, I, I would fail you would fail, we would fail, because I can't do this. Sometimes I get lost. Sometimes I struggle. Sometimes I I have a hard time recognizing Jesus's voice, and so I feel like if this is all about me being able to do all this, I'm not gonna be able to do it. That's why it's so comforting when Jesus says, I know my sheep. I know my sheep. Guys, relax. I know my sheep. This doesn't depend on you. It's not about your merit or how many 4-H trophies you won at the fair. This isn't about your great sheep tricks. Can you turn around and roll over? This has nothing to do with that. Not at all. He knows your weakness and your fear. He says, I know you, and I love you, and you're not a number to me. Number, Oh, sheep number 368. Yeah, <laughs> there it goes. He says, no, no, no. That's Annie. That's Jonathan. As we go through, he knows us by name. He says, you're not just little people on a rolling ball. You're my, I love you. You're my own, and I know you. So a good shepherd quality is care, that the shepherd cares for his sheep. Words like pasture and tend and bind up and strengthen, care and feed and lead them to rest. Psalm 95, which we read this morning for our call to worship, says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. And Jesus is concerned about our needs like a good shepherd is concerned about his sheep. That's the promise. David says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me you are with me that's what a shepherd does is he goes with them last week i was tubing the river pff, 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 lots of rocks going down that river this week i was going to visit my surgeon unrelated it was totally unrelated it was my 3 year checkup from my 2 year checkup from my 2 year checkup from my double hip replacement surgery which i had when i was 26 Someone didn't know that. (laughs) Whoa. 26. So I'm going to the surgeon. As I'm going to the surgeon and I'm thinking about how great I feel and how awesome this is, I am very aware that there was a day when I didn't feel that way. When I walked in the dark night of the soul, when I lived in agony day in and day out, where I could not walk and I needed those crutches. And I limped my way into that surgeon's office and I said, I am doing everything I can just to hold on. It's taking everything I have just to hold on. But you know what? In the midst of that time, Jesus held on to me. And Jesus met me. And Jesus brought peace to me in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my valley, my dark night. He came and he comforted me. And that's the promise Jesus is issuing to you and to me is that there will be valleys we go through. Your valley might look different from my valley. But as you walk through the valley, man, I want a shepherd who knows the way. I don't want to get lost in some dark corner, some crevice, walking through that dark valley. I want to know that my shepherd knows the way. And Jesus says, I will lead you. I'll lead you through. And I'll comfort you and I'll bring you peace in the midst of it. As I lead you through, out to the other side where there's hope and you can see the way. So again, I'll ask you, is this the kind of shepherd you could follow? Is this the kind of shepherd you could follow? Are you willing to surrender to him? Some of you have been Christians a long time. You've been in church a long time, and the question is still the same. Are you willing to surrender to him? Are you willing to let him lead you as a good shepherd? And some of you, you don't you haven't decided you're going to trust Jesus, you don't know about this whole thing and you're just here investigating and the question to you would be the same. If this sounds like the kind of shepherd you could follow then maybe it's worth stepping into. Maybe it's worth asking him to come and to show himself to you. As who he is, the rescuer, the good shepherd. Are you willing to trust him? Trusting Jesus to lead us as a good shepherd as our savior. Lord, is the best decision we can make. Jesus is the good shepherd. God promised that he would not leave us with bad shepherds anymore, that he was going to send one good shepherd who was going to rescue and redeem, and then he sent Jesus. And Jesus is the good shepherd who will feed us and lead us to rest. Jesus rescues us. We're defenseless, just like sheep. We have a need we can't meet on our own. We're we're separated in relationship from God. We failed miserably. We're surrounded by our sin and our darkness. And Jesus says, I will rescue you from that. I have rescued you. In my death and my resurrection, I set you free to follow. Jesus knows us. We're pretty dumb. Or I'm pretty dumb. I should say I'm I'm dumb. I can be dumb. And dumb (laughs) covers a lot of different areas. And yet... Jesus says, it doesn't matter. It's okay, because I know you. Even if you're struggling, even if it's hard, even if you don't know if you can recognize my voice, I'm here, I know you, and I'm going to carry you through and into pasture. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that um, you're offering something to us today, every one of us, every single person who's here. You're offering us relationship. That if we're willing to allow you to come in, that you will lead us, that you'll interact with us like a good shepherd. That you're going you're gonna to care for us. You're going to bring us to rest. You're going to help that striving to be reduced in our lives. Then in the places where we feel caught, that you will rescue us just like you have rescued us from the power of sin and death. That as we trust you for our salvation, that um, we will see all of that come in our lives in different ways. Jesus, I thank you that you know us, that, um, that we know you, that some part of our heart knows you, but even in the midst of our struggling to know you, you know us. You know our strengths, you know our weaknesses, you know where we fail, you know where we're trying hard, you know what's going on in our hearts, and you love us and you care for us. And you want to lead us in good ways. So Jesus, I'm praying that this morning people would turn their hearts to you. They would invite you to come and to begin to transform them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.